0: Boy, did I eat some awesome food. That that is why I cruise is because of the awesome food. Got to have some some of the more wild stuff. We got uh alligator beignets. Oh, no frick. Uh yeah. It's pretty much alligator hush puppies. Tasted interesting. I bet. <laughs> we also did uh which we had them in a previous cruise. We did frog legs. Uh.
1: What? Where? Okay, that's not a cruise anymore. (laughs) Yeah, it is. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's not no. When you talk about cruises and food and stuff, I'm not out here thinking about alligator hush puppies and frog legs. (laughs) And then you're on the sea too, so like, yeah. If anything goes wrong, like,
0: I mean, hey, I go up to the top deck and the whole world is my toilet, so I'm I'm good.
1: (laughs) That is why we have. Climate change. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Gaming Trend Podcast, the official podcast of gamingtrend.com. My name is Anthony Shelton, and I am joined by David Burdett. Phase up, y'all. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> In this podcast, we talk about the latest games we should have played a long time ago and games you absolutely need to play, as well as games in our backlog we should have gotten to a very long time ago. Uh, This week, uh, we're going to squeeze in some news again. So uh, David and I played some Hi-Fi Rush, uh, the latest Shadow Drop game from Microsoft. David also got to preview the latest Sherlock Holmes, so we'll talk about that as well. And like I said, we got lots of fascinating news this week. So instead of kicking it off with the news, because there is a lot of juicy stuff there, we're going to talk about games first. So, David, do you want to lead us off with your preview? Yes.
0: Uh-huh. Sherlock Holmes The Awakened. So if you recognize that name at all, it's because this is technically a game that has already come out before. Uh, the Awakened oh. was actually part of the Sherlock Holmes games that had released. It came out back in, I believe it was 2006, 2007. And then they did a remaster in 2008. Not sure why of remaster within like a year, but they cleaned up some different things and whatnot. Uh, I actually found out I own it from buying a Sherlock Holmes games collection. And it was a very different game at that point. And now that Frogwares, the studio behind all of these, has made Sherlock Holmes Chapter One last year, which I absolutely loved my time with Sherlock Holmes Chapter One, and then they made The Sinking City, which had kind of that creepy detective vibe, uh, a little bit of Cthulhu kind of stuff in there. Uh, They decided, let's go back. Uh, I know they are a Ukrainian developer, so they are dealing with some of the effects of the war right now. So this is the opportunity of hey this is that was one of their favorite games the awakened if i'm remembering right and the plot of it they wanted to bring it to today <clears throat> and the the coolest thing about all of this is this is not just a remake in the regular sense of remake they are pretty much stripping down the original game to the plot lines the general plot lines and then rebuilding the game around it. So some things are going to be very familiar. Uh, I actually went back so that I would have a little more knowledge on it. I actually watched some of the walkthroughs of the old game. And found the... We were in Chapter 3 is where they let us play. And I actually got to find the same opening scene, cutscene. And it, it it's not one for one, but it's pretty close to one for one. With the way that, like, there, there's actually a, a girl in a wheelchair that shrieks in this insane asylum, uh, out in the lobby, and that part of the scene still occurs. So, like I said a lot of the general plot threads behind everything is still there, but the way you're actually taking these different things on changes. Um, <clears throat> Probably the coolest thing is they're they're building this up on the Sherlock Holmes chapter one. You, you can tell that that's what they're building all of this off of. Uh, chapter one was an open world game, whereas this is. Closing itself in a little bit more, uh, some sections are going to be a lot more linear. And then there's they said there's going to be some semi open areas. Haven't seen those as of yet, but the, the coolest thing is, is this this level they let us play most of the time, if a dev opens up a, a part of a build and lets you play it, it's not really telling the whole story. And this felt very linear, but somehow at the same point, even though you had a very linear path, they still managed to make it feel like I was going around and exploring this area in order to figure things out. And i that's something when you know it's a well-built game, when a dev is actually utilizing the space correctly, because you can build, you and I both know, you can build a humongous open world But if you don't fill it with the right stuff, or if you just pad everything, it's not worth your time in that world. Uh, Sometimes going to the more compact world is actually better for a game because it forces developers to have to use it. I don't think that's the case with Sherlock Holmes because their open world concept was great. but. In this game, you can tell they know what they're doing and putting together these different spaces. And this is just a small portion of chapter three. So I can only imagine when we get to some of these semi-open world spots, uh, how it's going to actually play out. Um, As far as story goes, what's really interesting is they're actually taking with the Awakened. It deals into some of the Lovecraftian mythos, Cthulhu kind of stuff. So there's going to be like some cultists and different things going on with that. And they're going for a horror feel like with some of the aspects of this game, they they've actually kind of pitched it as this is going to be trying to break Sherlock's mind. Uh, And this is taking place just a couple years after chapter one. So it's really cool that they're working. It's, it's an existing game, but they're, taking the opportunity to work it into the current timeline of Sherlock games since chapter one somewhat restarted the series with how they've done it, which by the way, uh, Alex Jordan, he's the one who does the voice for Sherlock in the series at this point, And he does a phenomenal job. I-, I just have to call him out because absolutely love how he voices Sherlock. He really makes the character alive and has that perfect condescending, I know what I'm talking about. Sherlock Holmes (laughs) tone when he speaks. Um, But like there was there's a moment because I don't want to take two. I don't want to just read from the preview more or less. But there's a moment in the game where you return a doll to a to a girl. It's you're trying to get some information. Uh, She's obviously nuts. She's in a cell. And then you help her fix the doll because there were some things missing. you uh, know the thing looks creepy as all get outs. <laughs> uh, but there is a point when you're finished, you give her everything, and she fixes the doll and everything, and suddenly the doll starts talking for her, like she slumps down, and like I almost rip my headphones off. Like I am not a horror person at all. Uh, I was like, I was like, Oh my word. <laughs> like I, I actually had to put my headphones like down here and just let kind of listen. So it wasn't all up in my head. <laughs> so if this is just, once again, this is just a small slice of what this game is. I very interested to see, I'm going to have to play this game in the daytime. <laughs> because there're going to be some creepy things in this world because this this does not feel like th- this feels like here's a taste of what's coming. So, but they are really perfectly implementing this in the game, which I have to give Frogwares a ton of kudos for, especially considering they're having to deal with all these extern this external turmoil in, in their country. So, I have to give it to them. They're, they're doing a great job. They're reinvigorating this game, and I'm really excited to see what they do more because this was actually part of a Kickstarter campaign. So they've made some stretch goals. So we're actually going to get a playable Dr. Watson and some other different additions to this game. So I I, I just I'm very excited to play more of this game, considering it's not. Your classic remake. It, it is the the bones of what made the original game great, with the new with a new game built on top of it.
1: So it sounds like you like it. Yes, yes. Uh, it, it be, <laughs> beyond you know the doll
0: talking at me, which was very very creepy.
1: <laughs> but it was a creepy like it, it did its job.
0: It, it was a creepy man that worked. <laughs> yeah. And since I didn't really say it, uh, the gameplay, it's, if you go back and look at chapter one, like everything plays very similarly. You're doing a lot of just observing your surroundings, uh, picking stuff up, getting clues from different areas, as well as putting together. They've got, I don't know if you remember with Batman Arkham Origins, which it's, this is in chapter one, but you would actually put together the scene of what happened in an area and, Sherlock Holmes chapter one er, did the exact same kind of idea of you're having to flip through things that happened in a scene based on the clues that are there. And I feel like they've improved on that in awakening because chapter one, it it wasn't always very obvious and the game doesn't handhold. You are really having to figure all this out on your own. And this one, maybe it's just the section I, I was in, but, It felt like it was a lot more, I was clued in as to what, okay, there's blood on the doorway where somebody fell and hit their head. So the, because you click through a couple of different ghostly images of people doing different things. It felt like it was a lot easier to figure that out uh, compared to how chapter one
1: handled everything. All right. When is it coming out? Do you know?
0: Uh It's going to arrive in 2023 is what we know. Uh, I'm assuming the date is a little bit vague, just given some of the situations there, but it yeah. is coming to PlayStation 4 and 5, Xbox One, Series X. It's actually coming to the Nintendo Switch as well. And of course it'll be available on PC.
1: You, you mentioned the Nintendo Switch, like it might not be able to handle it. Well, I, it's more of a, I
0: believe it'll handle it well. It, it, As with most Switch games, you wonder how the performance is going to be because you just get a nice crispness out of most of your next-gen consoles and PC that you don't yeah. always get with the Switch. And I know with Chapter 1, I did encounter, it, it wasn't as bad in the final build, but there was some stuttering. So, and when you're doing an investigation game, sometimes that can hold you up, but I can say this, the, the slice I played of awakened was very smooth. So maybe they've managed to smooth out, maybe just not being in an open world is going to help smooth out some of that.
1: Quite possibly, actually less CPU intensive. Okay. All right. So that is Sherlock Holmes. You said awakening the awakened. The awaken. Okay, mm-hmm.
0: I, I'll probably mix up awakening and the awaken multiple times.
1: <laughs> I've already done it once, so I've <laughs> done it for the both of us. All right. Uh, <laughs> I have. Um, sorry for yawning. Like, oh, you're good. <laughs> I, I am so like tired, I, and I'm hot. Did you know that when you yawn, sometimes it's a way for you to cool off? Huh. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I, I found that out. So
0: Facial exhaust port.
1: Try to cool off a little bit. Back to the All white right. tea. All right. So, sorry. What,
0: what's funny is... It's a long, tiring what's, day. What's really funny is that I've got my heater on under my desk because, uh, yeah, it's like in the 30s here.
1: Well, it's cold everywhere else.
0: But yeah.
1: I just drank some very hot tea. And then I have my <laughs> hoodie on. And then I got the lights on. Oh, yeah. My studio lights. So it's very hot right now. Well, I'm, my studio's in the basement, hot. so it's a little extra cold. <laughs> yeah, no, I hear you. You gotta, you gotta have that heater. All right. Let's talk about Hi-Fi Rush. We've both been playing that. I think you've been playing a little bit more than I have. Uh, I, I think only- God is...
0: I probably... I might be a little behind you at this point. I just finished the first boss fight. I, I've been oh, a little bit busy. That's that's
1: where I left off. So we're we're exactly at the same spot. So... <laughs> What are your thoughts so far?
0: So, I'm I don't think I'm very good at it yet cuz I'm still figuring out some of the beat. Like I'm good at it, at it musically. It's just figuring out the hand-eye coordination, I guess, with it. Um some yeah. of it may be because I'm not playing it with headphones on. If I was playing it with headphones on, I think it may help me a little bit more.
1: Like you're using the sound out of your TV? Yeah. Okay.
0: So I, I'm wondering if that might help a little bit if I would have been playing with headphones. Uh, beyond that, though, it's so stylish. I, I I know it's not for everyone, but the colors are perfect. Like, they just, all of them pop. The characters are so well-designed. Uh, I love, so I know I noticed right away that some people on Twitter were like, is that Yuri Lowenthal? <laughs> they were immediately thinking it was the guy who did the voice of Spider-Man. No, funny enough, it's the guy who does another voice of Spider-Man, Robbie Draymond. <laughs> I, so,
1: was, I was like, I recognize this voice. Like yeah. I feel like I've heard this voice before.
0: Well, I would assume he's done some other projects, but he he's done... I don't remember what Spider-Man iteration... But one of the Spider-Man cartoons that I have watched, he does is the main voice for Spider-Man in, in that series. So uh, he he's done a fantastic job. I also feel like I recognize the voice of uh, the cat <laughs> that's behind the cat. Uh,
1: that's Kiriko and, in Overwatch, which I can't remember okay. the actual name. I was like, that sounds very familiar. <laughs> so, Kiriko is my favorite character in Overwatch right now, so... I recognized it or I picked up on it immediately.
0: Yeah. And it's one of those things where it's a fun. It, I guess that familiarity just puts you at ease too. <laughs> uh, of, oh, okay, these are voices I recognize, which is part of the reason we end up with Nolan North and Troy Baker doing all these characters is you recognize a voice. So you stick with it. Um But As far as the game goes, it's just, it's, I'm still figuring out everything, but it's fun. It's, it's nice going to this ret, I hate to say retro because it's, it's retro, but it's not retro. This old school take on, well, not really, it's not really an old school take on anything. It's, it's just a new take on an old style of game. I feel like it feels so familiar because this game is from like 20 years ago. If that makes sense,
1: yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm not following you on that one. Like, it does not feel retro to me at all.
0: Yeah, it, I guess it feels like it. It's from another age, almost. Like hmm. you, we don't get a lot of games that look this more this art style, and we don't get a lot of games that are the this this contained uh, as far as like the the compact style of the the linear game. Uh, especially from a big studio, most of, uh, most mm. stuff we, it, it's that whole open world kick that everybody's been on since 2008, 2009, 2010. It's just, it's a nice, it, it's a breath of, it feels like a breath of fresh air to me. The, the game does, which I felt very similarly playing Pentiment, yeah. Uh which this is again, to me, an example of let studios, do these passion projects
1: <laughs> yeah
0: like you get their best efforts even if it's not a humongous project
1: yeah for sure um what are your thoughts I, on it so far i think it feels fresh too i am having a good time with it i don't like the jump <laughs> let's just start there i don't i don't like the jump it feels too heavy so i'm a platformer he drops indie. fast drops so fast And then he doesn't move, especially after
0: the second one.
1: Yeah. So that feels very awkward when I'm trying to do platform. I'll jump off a section and I feel like I should make it, but I don't because he doesn't get enough distance on the first jump. So I have to double jump everything to make sure I make the jump. I think I've lost
0: more health to falling than actually to robots.
1: Yeah. (laughs) So uh, that, that, yeah, that, that feels weird. So I want to say I do like the game. Conceptually, I like the beat combat idea. I'm not sure if I'm totally all in on it, though. The, the thing that makes it feel weird is that it feels like an action game where you can pull off all these combos and do these things, but you're limited to the timing of the beat to actually get it done, to pull off those cool combos so it's interesting it's thoughtful it's challenging and I like all that but I also feel like I'm getting a little impatient at times because I just want to pull it off and I have to wait you know I hit the heavy attack I gotta wait a beat then I hit the two light attacks and then I get the circle going and then boom okay now I finish the combo where I feel like man I, I wish I could do this a lot faster now I do wonder if part of that is it gets more interesting as you get further in the game and more enemies are coming at you and they're throwing different things at you. So all this timing based stuff, there's so much going on that it feels like I'm moving at a pace that feels more comfortable but right now. It feels bare a little bit. Yeah. And I kind
0: of wonder if like you're saying, if there's going to be a, a moment where everything clicks, like they there's a game that we talked about at some point last year and I was like, it wasn't, it wasn't really doing it. And then everything clicked. And and I feel like there's going to be a moment in this game where everything suddenly is going to click with, with the amount of enemies, the, the dodging, the, the, the rhythm of everything. But I completely understand what you mean about there's a freedom that is missing that you have in every other video game, but because this is rhythm based, you're, you're missing that. And there are some moments where I'm like, I feel like I've hit that perfectly and it isn't hitting. So Mm. once again, could be the fact of not wearing headphones, so I'm not Mm -hmm. getting the optimal experience, but yeah, there's a couple of times I feel like I've just straight up missed a, a key hit when I should be hitting it.
1: Are you using a monitor or a TV? A TV,
0: which that also could have something to do with yeah. it as well.
1: The TV delay. I remember they had syncing methods for you know Guitar Hero and Rock Band, yeah, for example, and this has that too. Okay, that I might may have be to it.
0: Mess around with that again,
1: because I've definitely hit some buttons slightly off beat, and it still counts. Like it's not totally off beat. Um. But it is just a smidge off, but they'll they'll give it to you. Um, so yeah, it might it it might be both. Could be the TV, yep. could be the headphones, could be both.
0: And I mean, that's the nice thing. The game is for for all that we're we're not really knocking it, but for all the for all the nitpicking we're giving, it is pretty forgiving. So
1: yeah, and like you said about the style, I love it. I yeah. am digging all the art, all the animation. The voice acting is phenomenal. I think love the, his
0: attitude. Yeah, Chai Chai's attitude is so great.
1: <laughs> and I think that voice actor has been in several animes. So that, I think that's probably. where I've heard. Of, that's where uh, a couple of chatters in the stream I was doing last night It was like, "Oh yeah, he's from a few different animes." So, um, and it's and probably, probably Damon, not been. Draymond. Okay. All right. So, um, yeah, I just, I really, I want to play more. That's that's where I'm at with it. I'm not, I'm not down on it. I just, I am aware of my impatience with the comment. It's a me thing. Like, I'm not, I'm not faulting the game. What they're doing, they're doing correctly and done very well. So it's a me thing in terms of man. I feel a little impatient with the way the beats feel. So perhaps at some point. They play faster songs, they play slower songs, you know, and all that kind of stuff just to mix things up and make it interesting. I I want to see all that. Like I want to see this game through to the end because I I am just curious to know how this all works together. I, I, I like it. So
0: okay, Robbie has done it. he's done a ton of video games and different things. Like he's actually let's see here. He is he was crow in Persona 5 Royal um he was in bleach I don't know what character he played in Bleach thousand year blood war. he's been in said it's been in a lot of different things. He was fret in Halo Infinite <laughs> oh. he was in Horizon Forbidden West. He was was apparently a voice actor in Back for Blood. So
1: oh. All right. He's okay. Versatile.
0: Yes. And Sally Amaki is
1: (laughs) the voice of the character. I don't remember her name because I just met her, but the cat. That has that has to be Sally Amaki. (laughs) Just the, the the breath in her voice inflection. I'm like, that's Kiriko right there. That's got to be. So that's my guess. Um, Alright. Those are the two games we got today. Yes. So, break down the news. What you got for
0: us? News, news. So, Bloomberg put out an article about all the issues over at 343. Pretty much the, the, the cliff notes of everything is they're having to deal with the fact that Halo is almost starting from scratch at this point, including to the point that they're probably switching over to Unreal Engine five. Uh Slip Space, Slipstream, whatever the name of the thing is, it just Flip did space. not work. Uh it the not issue that it didn't work. Yeah, it's well, just the contractors. <laughs> it's and it's a pain in the butt to. They were having a pain in the butt with some of the code yeah, that's making it, making it do what they wanted it to do. Yeah, that's true. So, but like you said, it's also an issue with contractors because contractors don't come in knowing your proprietary engine <laughs> because it's your proprietary engine. Yes, they can learn it, but you're adding more of a pain to the development process when You force people to learn your way when you can go to the way everyone knows, since a lot of contractors are going to have experience with unreal. It makes sense. So where are you at with all this crazy stuff at three, four, three? We've talked about it a little bit, so.
1: Yeah, this is. I don't know whether to think this is a move that. Is like a good decision in terms of like, this is what we're doing to solidify the development of things for Halo in the future, or it's a shot in the dark. Like in one sense, it feels like a big swing. This is what we have to do. The policy for Microsoft is not going to change. We're going to keep hiring contractors and we're going to keep having to get rid of contractors. So moving to Unreal Engine is the best move. Does that mean... Quite a lot of work on the back end to put everything into it uh, from slip space and making it work in unreal and then modifying the physics to make Halo feel good and unreal and obviously making everything that they've done look nice period that sounds like a lot of work. I don't know how easily the stuff from Spl- slip space will translate to unreal, but I'd at least make a bet that it's probably not going to be that simple. So especially getting the physics, right? I think that's people's biggest concern. I don't think they have a problem with halo being an unreal because we've seen some unreal recreations of things from halo infinite and it looks phenomenal, but how does it play
0: looking good and playing good are two very different things? You're very, yeah. Right.
1: I don't think it'll be horrible. I don't, I don't, I don't think that whatsoever but can unreal give us what even the slip space engine gave us what blam yeah. originally gave us i don't know yeah. i think this is halo has such unique physics unlike any other video game out there i don't know uh, if unreal is up to this challenge but this is the way it's going to have to be So in one sense, I think it's a smart decision by Microsoft. I think it's a big swing. And when you have to make big swings like this, there could be some big payoff. So I like it. At the same time, I wish they didn't have to make this big swing in the first place. So I'm a little torn on how I feel about it. And I think... Because we don't know more information, that's part of the reason why I feel eerie about it. Leery. I just, I'm like, all right, can somebody come out and let us know, like, hey, this is gonna work and why? Like, we're hearing this stuff from people who leaked it. It's about time Microsoft and 343 just come out and say, like, look, this is what we're, I'm not saying they have to mention Tatanka. But look, this is what we're doing with Halo. This is why it's in good hands. This is why it's gonna succeed. <clears throat> and yes, would that be full of PR speak? Sure. But like give us give us something that tells us okay. reassure. Reassure the fans. <laughs> yes.
0: Like it's not reassuring when Halo when they cut 95 employees and then put out a message of. We're the ones who will still be handling Halo. That right. does not reassure me. You're the reason it's in the spot it is right
1: now. <laughs> exactly so i i am I am waiting patiently and I am nervous yeah. <laughs> because I want Halo to succeed. Halo Infinite should have been much better than it was. Not that it was a disaster. The gameplay and all that stuff, like the setup of it was fine the the live serve stuff was a disaster, and that is what has made Halo Infinite a dud to me. so if they could get Halo back on track and they need to do this big swing, I'm all for it. I'm all for people taking big swings
0: yeah, the the really the sad truth in all of this is that we are years away from whatever's next for Halo like that we're going to get multiplayer updates we know that but whatever the next iteration is like you said just there isn't a button that's convert to unreal <laughs> uh, there, there, there there's not a button for Export
1: that or to unreal yeah
0: <laughs> uh, if there was they would have done that already uh that would have ar- that would have been done probably in development um and anytime you let go of that many additional uh, that many employees you're just asking for the work to be tougher because you don't have extra people to delegate things to. Now admittedly. That's
1: hard to interrupt you, but like yeah. I just want to throw in this point. There were people already playing around with putting Halo in Unreal at 343. Yep. And they got rid of those people. Yep. They were it
0: it just reaffirms everything that we've talked about and everything that has been said about incompetent management in that studio. That's all it does is it just can this, these are just, we're finally seeing all of these rumors and all these things we've talked about and everything. It it's in our front of our faces and we know it's true. It, this is, and I'm not saying that three, four, three doesn't need to have the, have it but uh I, I almost feel like they need even more slashing if it, it, as bad as that is to say uh this studio had a major shakeup it almost feels like there's management. more yeah a spec like cuz it i know that a lot of management has been changed but it's like the the good part of management in your studio who helped get the game out the door Joe Staten is gone are are the same people still there did a lot of them survive like i'm i'm just i'm assuming considering we're watch we're in a world where in there's 10,000 layoffs and you still see all these people getting their big bonus checks that a lot of the management probably stuck around uh, unless it always starts at the top down and unless you fix that at 343 unreal is not going to change anything it it, it has to be more than just an engine fix uh, because like you said if if you somehow can't bring that gameplay correctly over then halo loses its soul (laughs) like it's already lost a lot of that but at least it was this was fun to play like halo infinite if 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 we throw everything else out of the equation, Halo Infinite was a ton of fun to play. One of the best multiplayer experiences when it first came out. The issue was it couldn't build off of that. And in this day and age, you have to be able to do that with a multiplayer game, Uh, especially when you're pushing into live service.
1: I wouldn't say it lost its soul. In fact, I would say it got its soul back. But the live service stuff was a disaster. That's... And
0: it, it killed a promising game. Yes. Especially because they're. it felt like every time we got an update, a new bug came along and screwed everything. I mean, when the pros are having to GA certain things because the devs have messed them up, it's a bad thing. I, I get in Call of Duty, there's five bajillion guns. But Halo doesn't have that problem.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I feel like every live service game... they put something in and there's a bug that happens somewhere else. I I feel like that's a fairly common issue. So I don't want to knock them specifically on that, but
0: it still felt like it got to the point of being laughable to a degree. It it it, just,
1: it just, it piles on to the, the, the bad stuff that's already been happening. Yeah. But ultimately this was a mismanaged game. Yeah. Developers did what they could to make it fantastic. And because of management decisions, you you can't beat that. You can't get around that clearly from the beginning. There had to be people who were working on slip space with these other contractors. I guarantee there were some water cooler discussions like I sorry. Like, I'm trying to figure this thing out. Like, can you help me? Like, (laughs) and this yep. would be so much easier if they just put it on unreal or like there had to be those kind of conversations like in year four you know <laughs> like they're building yep. this thing they're struggling with it they're trying to make it work and they get to this point somebody in management was like no we're gonna build our own engine we're gonna make this you know this is ours and i think they planned on using slip space in different games and things like that like they were gonna take a frostbite approach like ea or a snowdrop approach like ubisoft and let other developers use which that's fine i don't have a problem with that like i get it but when you have a employee situation like you do at microsoft with contractors you're not you're not being efficient clearly this is part of the reason why it took so long to make yeah so You're wasting more money trying to get this thing out, paying a bunch of contractors who have not worked on this thing, who have to learn this thing. Meanwhile, as probably even some other developers who did work on this thing are still trying to help other 343 in-house, full-time developers get around some of these issues. There's just so much nonsense that you could just imagine. (laughs) And I can only... I can only think about, like, how much other stuff was going on in the production. Not even just people to people, just messing with the tech. I can't even, I can't imagine that, that kind of stuff. So, if, if this is, this, to me, this does sound like the right solution. You use an engine that so many other people can use sounds like a good idea the question is are you going to lose halo's soul in the process
0: yep yeah and how how many of the 95 employees that got laid off for the reason that the foundation was so good in the first place for infinite that's because this is clear it was clearly the game worked because of some phenomenal developers that were really pushing it. And you have to hope that a good chunk of them are still there. Yeah. Especially considering how management was.
1: Well, it's not, I mean, Bloomberg report said 95. We've heard reports where it was more than that. So yeah. Assuming there was more than that. We've heard reports that it was (laughs) mostly the art team. You know, the yep. single-player team, stuff like that. So perhaps for now, they are going to focus on multiplayer. Again, they haven't communicated anything, so now we're just speculating. Just that we're
0: getting more Halo.
1: <laughs> yeah, so I'm guessing they're going to focus on multiplayer. Whatever Creative Assembly is working on, that's, that's going to come out and add to the multiplayer. And then once they get all that settled down, then... Maybe they'll rehire for some more single-player content. I don't know. Because they haven't said anything. But it would be great if we could have a roadmap like that. Because, you know, that's what we like nowadays. Roadmaps. We're all yep. live service oriented. <laughs> all right, what else we it's got? just. Oh,
0: go ahead. Well, continuing in, oh, I was just going to say, it's just sad that we're in this position.
1: Yeah, it's terrible. I love Halo, and I want it to be better, and this sucks same
0: Uh, continuing in possible sad microsoft news (laughs) Uh, and this is this is probably the most conflicted of i've ever been on a report when i saw this today and i say conflicted just in the way that this is coming across so the coalition which this is one of microsoft's shining stars of a studio because they they've hit yeah. The, the Coalition hits, uh, and they're part of the reason Halo made it across the finish line. During uh, the Game Mess morning show, uh, Jeff Grubb reported uh, claimed that the Coalition is now full steam ahead on Gears of War 6, and that they had said that they were working on new IP, and he claims that they are now both of those... Ideas have been canceled. Supposedly, one was a smaller project and the other was like a, I guess, more of a full game. And so now, with the layoffs that have happened, it did hit the coalition a little bit that they're just pushing them. Microsoft saying, no, we're just going to go ahead and move on to Gears of War, Gears 6. So I'm conflicted because I'm a humongous Gears of War fan. Gears of War 3 came out. I spent $800 on Gears of War because I bought the console. I bought the collector's edition. I bought the replica Lancer. I bought the headset. I bought the strategy guide and the season pass. I bought it all. Like oh I am a gosh. humongous Gears fan. I own both of the consoles, the the both of the red consoles. Oh my god! <clears throat> yes, I, I like okay. <laughs> anybody thinks that I just love to hammer Xbox all the time. No, I actually, uh, I their <laughs> franchises. Gears is one of my favorite games. Uh, absolutely love. love those yes exactly but like so I'm conflicted because I want to play Gears of War 6 badly <laughs> look I'm I am very like excited
1: your, you like Gears 5
0: so Gears from 4 and 5 oh. like no I actually really <laughs> enjoyed 5 um, <laughs> so Gears 4 and 5 were interesting for me because Gears 4 I saw that it wasn't Marcus I was upset Then I played it, got some time with Marcus, saw that Marcus was still involved. It was his son and everything. Loved it. Then, of course, I saw that they were moving to Kate with the next character. And I was equally like, no, I just got used to another character. Stopped switching the characters. Played the story and everything. And I'm like, man, I love this. Like They did a really good job of transitioning us into this character. They had some really good, heartfelt story in there that helped me connect with everybody. And I was extremely happy about all of that. Okay. So like the fact that they've been able to take a franchise I love and continue to evolve it makes me love the franchise even more because they've not just been stuck. Like, yes, the gameplay is going to largely stay familiar, but they've managed to keep the story fresh. Even if I didn't in the first spot, agree with the choices that were made um i'm excited to play gear six see what happens with the story see how it continues on however after getting pentiment after getting hi-fi rush i am extremely disappointed that we have not gotten to see whatever this passion project is because when you usually say smaller project this means somebody was super excited and had an idea and they wanted to move forward with it. At least that's how it's what it speaks to me. And Microsoft, you're, you're pent. These were two, I'm not going to say they were hits in the sense of like monetarily, but Pentiment and high fire Rush critically have been huge. Like, yes, Pentiment is definitely super niche, I actually state that in my review is this is not for anyone. This is not going to convince somebody anyone as narrative, ba- uh, that like does not like narrative games to play a narrative game, because it's just through and through. That's what it is. Hi-Fi Rush probably not going to convince anybody who wants to play a like 2023 yeah. Jet Set Radio Jet Set Radio game yeah. <laughs> to play it. No, but they're fantastic at what they do. And as good as the coalition is, I would love to see them branch, get the chance to branch out and do something else that they would like to do. I'm not saying anybody doesn't want to work on gears, but man, if you've got a cool idea and you want to run with it, it just, it feels like such a missed opportunity. And to a degree, it also feels like this, this is what happens when you have layoffs like this. Is you you end up having to downsize certain teams and what like if if I'm Phil I'm looking for a way to maybe lessen whatever my bonus is so that they can have what they want because Coalition is one of your best studios like I'm not saying that that's the answer because it nothing is ever as simple as this person should take a pay cut. That, that's just not how it works. Maybe sure, the yeah. game was not even close to done. Maybe the game wasn't even close to as good as somebody would hope because stuff gets canceled all the time that we don't know about that. It just didn't work. But, man, when you know who the studio is behind it and you know the kind of people that they've got, you just wish they would have got a chance. And now they're being forced to work on a sequel and... We were. I've been talking about it with friends. It's very sad that we're in a spot where people are playing it so safe, and I'm guessing some of it's just the economy and whatnot. We're not seeing the same kind of new IP that we used to get all the time. And when we start cutting out these smaller teams, there's even less of a chance for new IP to come out because you lose those little twelve-person teams like that were behind Pentiment. And I'm assuming the smaller team at Tango and now Coalition doesn't even have a chance to do that. And if there's ever a developer I would have let be staffed up, it seems like it'd been them.
1: I I feel like maybe the developers who were laid off at the coalition were the ones who were probably working on this small or these small projects. Now they're just working on gear six. I also imagine this is an economic decision. Yeah. Because what I've realized, and I have a, a YouTube video coming out pretty soon discussing this a little bit further, but um, it was Neil Druckmann who said, they're moving on from Uncharted. And I'm like, that's fine. Sony's not. Because at the end of the day... Let another team do it. Let another team do it. But there's a phrase in radio that says, play the hits. Uncharted is a hit for Sony. They're not going to let Uncharted not play. (laughs) They're going to figure out a way to put Uncharted out there. And so for Microsoft, they're in a position now where probably because of economics, they just need to play the hits. And they need everybody on board to work on Gear 6 because that's what they need. And they know they can't take a risk on a smaller thing uh, because obviously they don't know how well it's going to hit. Hi-Fi Rush is probably doing fine. But is that what Microsoft needs? Probably not. Is Pentiment what Microsoft needs? Probably not. So those projects are done. They've ended the year. And now it's it's... It's time to make some money. So, guys, we're working on gear six. Okay. That's how this is going to go. So, that's what it feels like. I'm not mad at that because it's not like people don't want gears. There are people who do want gears. I get the sentiment of, yeah, (laughs) I get get (laughs) me. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, I get the sentiment of, man, I wish coalition could release something else. But I'm also like, before that news, like what else did you think coalition was working on besides gear six? Right. So it's like, all right, they were working on something that's disappointing. And hopefully the people who were working on that weren't the ones who lost their jobs. Although the ones who lost their jobs, wish it didn't happen, but you're getting gear six. That's not bad. (laughs) You know,
0: the precedent that it does set though makes me think of all these people who who have been talking about Xbox buying Activision and letting these studios work on something other than COD and reviving all of these other IP that Activision has and it, like you said play to the hits if they if, if this is what's happening with Microsoft's current studios, what's going to happen when they acquire Activision Blizzard, they're, they're not going to go back and bring you DJ hero. Let's just say it that way. Right. That it it, it, it also points to the whole thing of we can't compete and all this different, which there are different arguments and whatnot, but if it's an IP thing, if you're squashing IP in your own departments, then it, it, It's just frustrating. That's frustrating. Like you you can't complain about that kind of a thing of we don't have that to compete when you won't let your studios do things that aren't the hits.
1: Well, we've already gotten hi-fi rush this year. Yeah. I don't think that's going to be the last thing. First of all, Tango Gameworks. This isn't going to be their last game. I don't think the next game is going to be some, Wild, pro- I don't even know what the game Tango Gameworks worked on before.
0: Uh, they did uh Ghostwire Tokyo and the Evil Within.
1: Right. Okay, so the Evil Within, maybe they'll yeah, do the Evil Within different.
0: too. Yeah, right. Well, they did two, they might do. Th- I I would Sorry, assume three. they're not doing three,
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, maybe not. But I'm saying, like, I do be, before uh Ghostwire Tokyo and the Evil Within, like, I don't know what they made beforehand, so it's not like Tango Gameworks is this factory of hits, right. So yeah. they could probably get away with working on whatever they want. Microsoft is like, "Cool, like as long as you guys, you know, as long as you know the profit is made, how, however that looks like with Game Pass and all that." I don't I don't know how they're calculating success entirely beyond numbers for Game yeah. Pass. So I wouldn't say we're not going to get fresh new ideas, but the studios known for what they do. Activision with Call of Duty, you know, Treyarch Infinity Ward, all that, Coalition with Gears, 343 with Halo. Uh, I would be more concerned about a creative assembly and they're just head down with uh, Halo. You know, when Activision shut down Toys for Bob and basically made them a Call of Duty studio, that was disappointing because you're not going to get that stuff anymore. So we're not necessarily seeing that kind of thing. Like, we knew coalition was gears. In fact, if they were working on anything else, it would be weird. Like, that's that's kind of how it felt because that's what they were built for, just like 343. That's exactly how, when the studio was created, it's like, this is the gear studio. It's like, all right, yeah, cool. So, they were gonna, oh, oh, that's fascinating. Oh, it's canceled. All right, well, they're gonna make more gears. That's that's not surprising. So, like, they're, yeah. they're the gear studio. So, I guess, I guess that's where I kind of fall it's like all right the studio is doing what it's supposed to be doing yeah i don't want to supposed is not the right word but what they're what they're known to do
0: well the the biggest thing and i guess this is this is very generalized and obviously it doesn't work in every situation but you're never going to get an a a last of us if you keep focusing on uncharted and that's when you've got a great studio like the coalition it's not just the small project that got canceled it was the regular project that got canceled. You've gotta let some teams move and once again, it could they could both could have sucked. We're all we're definitely guessing on a lot of this. Sure. But it that's the team I would trust to try something. Because it's one of your best. And sometimes you gotta take swings and, and let these people just work on something. New. Gorilla all they were known for was Killzone, <laughs> and making first-person shooter. They they had to hire a bunch of people to figure out how to make this new game, and, and built a new engine <laughs> for yep. it. And look what happened. Like yes, it, Horizon. Horizon's one of PlayStation's best-selling properties because they let devs swing. And if you don't let your dev swing, you're not going to get out of third place. That's uh, fair. Yeah.
1: Playground games. They're working on Fable. Yep. Oh, frick. They're the ho- Forza Horizon developer. Oh, yeah. They're doing working on fa- They're swinging at something. So yeah. I don't... I don't I'm say just ho- I'm just hoping...
0: I'm just hoping we're not getting to a point where... Some companies are getting too worried, if it makes sense. If that makes sense. Too worried about taking risks. I would bank because on that Because obviously... Right yeah and and once again the economy that's part of it whatnot but you know we're i i don't want the industry to get stagnant where the only thing we're getting is the one thing and and i say that as somebody who plays call of duty regularly (laughs) right like
1: when we get the
0: yeah when we get the atomic hearts when we get the hi-fi rushes when we get the pentiments like those are highlights man like i love call of duty but man, when I get to sink my teeth into something that's completely brand new, there, there's something different about it. And I don't want us to get to an industry into a spot where, and I know that's where indies have stepped up compared to where we were way back in the PS2 days. But it feels like more and more we're, we're in the sequel machine and. If first parties aren't stepping up to the plate, then we know third parties probably won't because first parties are the ones who's who are going to usually be innovating. The the third party, honestly, third party has, has become very sequelized at this point.
1: Well, we'll remember this moment right now, January 2023, yeah. and we'll see what well, happens. February. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, February. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> second day of February. My bad. Uh, but yeah, this day February. And then let's look down the line in 2025. Oh, yeah. See what's, we'll see what's coming because we have gotten Forspoken. We have gotten Hi-Fi Rush. And we can say whatever we want about Forspoken and its quality. It exists, right? It's a new IP. It's It's different, right? So... We're getting different stuff. I imagine if they've already been working on it, we're going to have some stuff this year, potentially. But we'll see what happens by 2025. What's coming out? What's being announced? Is there different stuff? We'll see. If not, then yeah, we're we're in this spot now where it's all Gears, it's all Halo, it's all Forza, it's Forza Horizon, it's Fable Hits, it's Fable. (laughs) The the
0: old joke, Halo, Forza, Horizon. (laughs) Or Halo, Forza, Gears. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Basically. Yep. <sighs> As for the next piece of news, it is something that is futuristic that does need to die and does oh. not need to keep coming back. Oh, and that is that Redfall has a ah. persistent online connection. Mm. Okay. And can we please stop doing this with single player games? Like, cause it, it this is even for the single player. Like I Wait. get the co-op.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Stop right there because when people are defining this as a single player, I don't know what they mean by single player when this functions exactly like Borderlands, which is a single player, but you could play it with up to four people. Yep. So I don't, that's, and that's a persistent that's, online game. Destiny is a persistent online game. I so I'm confused about how people are defining single player. Okay,
0: okay, gotcha. Um essentially with well so when you load up Borderlands do you have to be connected to the internet to play
1: Borderlands? Not necessarily. No. Okay, this uh, this
0: requires even if you're in single player mode where you're playing right. only by yourself, you have to be connected to the internet. Okay. So similar to remember uh, what happened with Back for Blood? Yes. It's that. Right. Yeah. I, I, That does not make sense to me. It doesn't. Like, it And it shouldn't be a regular thing that I can't play offline at all. Uh, it, it kills the reason for me to ever purchase a game like that, because all you have to do is shut off the servers, and I cannot play that game anymore. Right. Uh, so it's, it's certainly great that this thing is on Game Pass, because... <laughs> It, that negates the need for me to purchase it. <laughs> right. But to me, <laughs> to me, it's just, it, it's back to that old Xbox one thing of having to be online for my game to work. And I just don't like that. I like, I, I get that it has a lot of co-op. Fe- it, it's mainly the sync, sing- the playing it by myself part that makes me frustrated. And maybe this game has, a destiny kind of style of specific events that are going to happen and all this. And they're kind of, but I don't feel like it's ever been really pitched as that. Maybe it's just, I've, it's been kind of pushed out as this. It's more far cry kind of style, open world. And if it's like that, I don't see why single player wise, I would need a consistent, a persistent Persistent, online
1: connection. Yeah. Far cry always online. Far cry six. No, it's not. <clears throat> I don't think it is. Um, no, I, yeah, it was it was annoying when Back for Blood was not working and it's like, oh, I can't play right now. Okay, well, I'll just play something else. You lost my time for the day. So I'm totally with that. Um I guess there's there is one part of me, it's like first of all, they're doing a terrible job of marketing Redfall. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mentioned this last week with Adam that I watched the latest stuff on it and it was like, Oh, okay. Like this looks pretty generic for arcane.
0: I was going to say, can I say that like that, like that trailer did not, was not good. Like I I, was, I was talking to, yeah, I was talking to people. I was like, this is not a good trailer in general. (laughs) Like the, like to me, it was just a, just show me like playing they kept cutting and everything like that what i'm like this is not working show me the full like running around in the open world kind of like i know the division was they talked about how cringy like you know the 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 people talking with each other on the online co-op joining yes was it cringy yes but did i figure out what the heck the game was yes (laughs) and i remember that trailer
1: <laughs> yeah very much so uh the <laughs> i 100 percent agree the <laughs> it, the same thing happened with Forspoken. like it, they would be showing like these action combat sequences and then it would cut to like a different section of it i'm like oh no 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 no, no. i see what you're doing you're you're afraid to show what's happening in between and what you're afraid to show is the down moments you don't want no. to show the down moments because the down moments are pretty down. So, I love
0: that. I love that we both noticed that. <laughs> We've both yeah. done this long enough to see exactly what's happening. <laughs> yeah, it's like so. I'm gonna have I'll those. Go. Let me see them. <laughs> yes, it's okay. <laughs>
1: like it's, it's part of the game. Like, but apparently it's so down. Like, all don't even <laughs> want to show it. Um. No. Yeah. I I hadn't looked at it quite that way for Redfall because uh i had watched it just before so i wasn't like soaking everything in but what i did notice was it does not have an arcane touch to it it does not feel like this is the kind of game only arcane can make right that i felt like Damn. way with dishonored i felt that way with uh death oh, loop wouldn't. death loop, thank you i was like only arcane can make this this I was like, I can find this stuff in Borderlands. I can find this stuff in Destiny. I can find it, some. In fact, it of- looks
0: very Destiny when you see the numbered uh, gear. <laughs> Everything.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I, I get it. I guess it's sort of loop based. I don't. I don't even know what it's doing. That's the problem. It's just so like this is a Far Cry like, except Redfall guys. Yeah, and vampires. Yes vampires you guys like vampires right shoot shoot some vampires <laughs> it, it just it really has no identity and so yeah. anyway uh sorry I, we didn't talk about redfall so that was my oh redfall. you're fine <laughs> you're fine no go ahead like it's just a connection that's what we were actually <laughs> talking about Resi- yeah. yes so when it comes to that because we don't know much about redfall it, yes hearing that having an single player or a game that you could play by yourself and having to be online that is frustrating i acknowledge that however if it were if we knew that maybe it was like destiny and there was just ish happening as you were exploring the world and so that's why you need to be online maybe still annoying Probably a little more excusable because that stuff doesn't function unless the servers are working. So they got to make sure that stuff is working all the time. So that way you're experiencing the game the way it's meant to be played. Otherwise, yeah, there's really no reason to play it. Because ultimately, there are a lot of people who play persistent online games that just aren't single player by themselves. Yeah. So it really, I hear the frustrations of people who don't play multiplayer games by themselves on Persistent Connections, but they play single-player games and they don't want to do with this. And I feel them. I'm with them. I support their their distaste of this. I'm just saying there has been other things outside of the single-player universe that you've been missing that do different things that do require persistent online connection and a lot of people like. Perhaps you might like it. What they do. The problem is, we don't know what the frick they're doing. <laughs> so it just sounds like they're pulling a back for blood. And you got to have an online persistent connection for no reason. Yep. And if it's that, that's dumb.
0: Yep. And you're you're making a lot of po- good points and a lot of good sense with this. <laughs> is the the lar- the larger issue behind it? We don't still don't have a full grasp as of exactly what this game is trying to do
1: which is super disappointing because i'm like i want here's the thing i'm gonna like this game i'm probably gonna play it and i'm probably gonna like it and well, it was i'm going to play it and i'm probably gonna <laughs> like it because i I like these kind of co-op shooter type of things so it doesn't look far out so far outside the norm that it's like oh this is gonna this is gonna bomb it just it doesn't look special
0: yeah well, I'll at least go and hunt some vampires with you at some point, so.
1: yeah, <laughs> and, I, and I'll probably have a good time doing it. It's just not going to be game of the year or anything, or just a nomination worthy of anything. It's just going to, hey, there's ripfall, guys. Go, go do something else, Arcane, because I don't know why you guys. And that's the thing. Like, they touted this as, like, they put their heart and soul into it. I'm like, this? This? This, is, this don't look like y'all put your heart and soul into it. This looks like y'all are trying to do something that's not what you do.
0: Yeah, like you said, there's a snazziness to their anything that Arcane makes, and it definitely, once again, we could just not be seeing it because their trailers have not showed it, but it's not there.
1: Yeah, like it's there stylistically, aesthetically. It's all arc- oh, that's Arcane, but gameplay, I'm like, I, I, look, I can find this somewhere else. Why are you making this? Yep, I don't know. Hopefully
0: we'll see more reasons. I agree. Well, the big boss behind all of these different things, Phil Spencer had an interview with IGN and he had a lot of different things to say on some of these different things. I know you watched it and you had some different thoughts on it. What, where are you, where were you at after listening to his interview with IGN?
1: (laughs) I got got a lot of thoughts. (laughs) So, after watching it, I was like, you know what, Phil seems like a great person. He feel he feels like a like he's a good CEO. Like he feels like a great person. I want to sit down with him, have some dinner, and you know, talk business, talk game business. You know, just chat it up. And I also feel like that's also part of the problem. Like he acts like he's one of us. He's got the jacket, you know, the jeans, the shirts look like he gets gets them from Hot Topic. You know, he's, oh, he's yeah. got all that oh. stuff.
0: He was headed for a sunglasses place uh, when I met him at one of the E3s. We ran into him outside of Target. He was going to get some sunglasses.
1: Yeah, you met him at Target. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like, and then so he gets on camera and, he, you know, he acts like he's one of us. But he's not. He's the CEO of a multi-billion dollar company within Microsoft. Yep. At this point, I want him to put the suit on. Like, that's how I feel put the suit on like stop this so my analogy is before lebron came to the lakers one of the knocks on lebron was that he didn't have that grit that 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 killer instinct and so when he eventually did come to the lakers he started to display that killer instinct that he does have and he doesn't show it all the time but since he's been on the lakers he has shown it more and in this particular season he has shown it a lot more he did that to show the fans of the lakers no, I get y'all. I, I hear what you're talking about. So I'm going to give you what you want. I'm going to give you what you need. I need Phil to show us he, ne- he means business. I'm not getting that vibe. Like put on the suit. Y- you say no year is more critical. Stop it. <laughs> he says every year is critical. That, no, it's not. That's, that's Stop been that. every year. Yeah. Stop that. <laughs> no, it's, it's not. When the Xbox 360 was rolling, it was good times. It wasn't critical. The Xbox One launch? Yeah, that was critical. <laughs> it was very critical. When Game Pass launched for the first time, it wasn't all that critical. Now that there's no games on Game Pass from Microsoft? No, it's, it's critical. Every year is important, but not every year is critical, right? I, have a, I feel like he's just not reading things correctly. He had a chance to communicate to us about what 343 is doing. He knows what's happening. But he deferred to 343. I'm going to let 343 talk about those things. No, you're right here. Tell us what's happening. We need to know. There's disarray. There's chaos. When there's a na- where there's a tragedy, you don't have the president go, I'm going to defer to the people on the ground. No, like, <laughs> president, please tell us. Like, are we calm? Are we cool? Like, are we good? Like, what's going on? No, I'm going to defer to 343. He says he's more optimistic about Xbox's future than us because of what he knows internally. Well, duh. Why don't you share it with us? Like, (laughs) what's the reason? Yeah, can you you tell us a little bit, like, why you're so optimistic? Nope, I'm gonna defer to three four three. So, no wonder it's no wonder why three four three doesn't communicate enough because Phil doesn't either. So it's like it's. It starts at the top, which he did take responsibility for some things. He did say, you know, I'm the head of Xbox. Like, these things fall on me. But I just feel like he's not adjusting. When he should say something, he puts it in 343's hands. So I feel like myself, other people, probably broader Xbox fans, like, they're waiting for Phil to step up, put on the suit, and let us know, like, I got this under control. You guys are going to have some great stuff. Here's why we're not getting the why it's just, you're going to get it. You're going to get it. I've seen what the, what they're doing. You're going to get no. put the suit on enough of this. I, I, I feel like he means well, I just don't know if he means business.
0: Yep. Well, say what you will about Jim Ryan and his constant, tripping over his own feet it feels like with things but the dude knows how to run a business and he does it in the suit yeah and I he meta- also addresses yeah, suit, yeah, yeah you know, <laughs> yeah and, and i get what you and i'm kind of leaning in the same exact kind of direction with it but yeah that's yeah and i i said to you earlier i was like it felt scripted so to speak and it was more that it felt like the same thing that you're saying is that felt like a lot of pr thing of well, let me defer to this because i know that i can say that and i don't really have to worry about the answer yeah uh and when you're when i hear when he's talking about the activision blizzard it's like well i'm more confident about this than i was at the beginning of it because i know more about how these things work than <laughs> i did at the beginning of yeah. like that's the most like stupid answer And I don't mean it in a mean way. I'm just saying that is the dumbest answer I've ever heard. Like, that's just straight PR talk. That's like saying, you know, I'm more confident than ever that I can defuse this bomb. Because, you know, at the beginning of (laughs) of this five minutes, I didn't know how to do it. But I watched the YouTube (laughs) video, and now I can... I got a minute left, (laughs) but I know how to do it. (laughs) It's just... uh... It's like man stop if you're trying it feels like he's straddling these two worlds if that makes sense he's straddling this I'm your buddy yes. I'm your buddy the gamer but I'm also the president of Xbox and he's trying to, and and you just can't always do that
1: you can't
0: that. you can you can be you can be the buddy during the big E3 conferences when you're chatting about all the cool stuff, yeah, I
1: see what you're saying. Yeah,
0: but in an IGN interview, or when there's turmoil in your division, you've got, as you said, you have to put the suit on. You are the president of a billion-dollar business. You've got to show you mean business, and you but can't you just, just hide behind. Yeah, yeah, it, a huge disaster. And you're you're re, you're struggling. Your team you just had one of the worst quarters ever <laughs> for Xbox. You, you've you got to be able to speak plainly. And, and I felt like it was speaking just a lot of PR stuff to hide behind. It was sentences that he could hide behind. And I, like I said, I did that. And that's what I meant by when I said scripted. Uh, it, it felt like it was a, a lot of PR talk to me.
1: I agree. And uh, the... I mean, Phil's done a good job. Number one, he has reversed the disaster of the Xbox One. Yep. Kudos. So I don't...
0: That was a very low bar because you couldn't get much worse, but but but, but, he climbed way higher than we could have expected.
1: Yes, yes. (laughs) Uh, So, you know, him and Jim Ryan, like, two different personalities. Completely different. Yeah, so that's fine. I have no problem with that. But... Uh, y- you got to know when to turn things off. I yep. don't know if he, he understands that right now. Like right now, we don't need buddy. We need suit. Yep. And president. X-
0: Xbox needs suit.
1: <laughs> yes. Somebody go. This. All right. This is what's happening. This is how we're going to do it moving forward. This is how we're going to execute. Boom. Xbox fans, everything's fine. Here's why. Give us that. <laughs> well,
0: it, it reminds me of Jim Ryan. We're gonna let our games do the talking. It people and, and make they, fun of it, but God of War they, Ragnarok just sold 11 million copies in three months.
1: <laughs> yeah, can't knock it. Again. Phil has created game pass yep. runaway hit. it almost feels like you shouldn't or like you should have game pass everybody should have game pass like that's the way it feels yeah. runaway hit. Phil knows how to do his business. that's fine. However, having a lot of trouble right now with the accountability and reassurance yep that's a weakness it seems like need him to fix that sooner than later <laughs> so yep stuff happening
0: agreed lots of interesting things to dissect from that interview one of them was he did mention e3 and according to a later report from ign is none of the big three are going to be at e3 so if i'm remembering right didn't e3 stand for the three stood for nintendo playstation and xbox pretty much or am i remembering that wrong or whatnot or that's what uh, it started
1: electronic Electronic entertainment expo so it's literally well
0: people could have thought of it that way but in any case the (laughs) three is not showing up at e3 (laughs) this is true uh
1: that's three won't be at e3
0: yeah IGN has heard from multiple sources that Xbox Sony and Nintendo aren't going to be a part of e3 and that's the show itself as well as not have a presence on the Los Angeles Convention Center show floor which this is not the first time uh the last show the last e3 physical show if I'm not mistaken Microsoft actually moved everything to the was it the Microsoft there's theater. actually a Microsoft theater like they had yeah. a and they had a the plaza they actually had a set up there so they weren't even they were the last man standing for E3. I
1: feel like that's because, what they've been doing the last several years. Yeah,
0: PlayStation hasn't hadn't been apart for quite some time and yep. Nintendo moved online, which I don't remember if they'd moved all their show floor stuff, but they'd at least moved the direct. Yep, so. It's not necessarily surprising, but you would have hoped that maybe with read-pop involved that they could have maybe reassured some of them. But it's also pointing to just how the industry has changed. And even though I don't like it because I love the whole christmas vibe that you get during e3 week of Mm -hmm. oh i've got all these i used to actually take vacation days around that so i could sit back and just watch the shows and everything it's we're at that point that like they they're missing if if the big three are missing how many other companies are you realistically going to be able to entice to come back even if even if you're ran by read Pop and making this more of a cool convention.
1: I think I think E3 could still function and be fun without Microsoft, Sony, and Nintendo. Um, I think it just depends who you get there and how many. Yeah. So if it's just Rockstar and uh, you know whatever other big developer Ubisoft. Um and you know somebody else and a bunch of like indie studios yeah it's probably not gonna be a, the thing you know yeah but if you could get some a, a lot of notables with some if indies, you could get
0: like Bandai Capcom
1: yeah uh probably less Japanese companies also um I th- I yeah I still think that could work uh would it make them would it make it more exciting with them there yeah absolutely um but i don't i don't think we need them to make e3 exciting and fun because we know at this point like we get excited when we watch these directs online or when microsoft is in microsoft theater doing their thing we still get excited watching it online um but to have something that's fun you know music vibes showing stuff, demos, all that. Like that's that's still exciting. So again, would it be more exciting with those 3 there? Absolutely. But another note, uh they're probably not participating with Jeff Keighley either with the Summer Game Fest. Like if they're not doing I don't want to equate. He may still
0: like, get a trailer or something out of them. That's that's the
1: big thing. Possibly. I don't know if that's a big deal though. Well, you know, considering how the TGAs really,
0: have become, it, it, they may see Jeff's as a, still that rising, rising
1: thing. Yeah, I guess you could consider that something of like we're slowly building up to Jeff Keeley, like being the leader of like the next E3. So we're just throwing him little stuff and building up. Because because uh, he is his,
0: doing he is doing a, an actual in person event there too which he did that last year. He actually had Street Fighter there to play. It was like super small. Like it was not. Oh, yeah. Oh, it wasn't big. But yeah, if he can keep (laughs) growing this thing, though.
1: Right. (laughs) I just. I think those days are over where any of them are showing up in person, uh, especially Sony and Nintendo in the United States for this event. I mean, it's number one. It's a long flight to get from japan to la 16 hours maybe more actually no 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 from new york to china that's 16 hours so from japan to la yeah that's probably 20 um as you know flights never go the right way (laughs) here we go completely around the globe (laughs) in order to get to a destination but yeah i just think those days are over which is sad because they're fun you know but it's either too expensive i think this is on the esa though yeah um they waited too late well so read pop was supposed to be the ones doing this thing and apparently with this ign article i have some i have some quotes from it and they were talking to a bunch of people who were not supposed to be talking about it so i don't have names on these things but one person said since read pop took on the contract to run E3 6 months ago we've worked diligent sorry yeah yeah we've worked diligently with the ESA members based on their feedback to create a new type of E3 that supports their goals and needs sorry that's a e, that's what the ESA said so they also said this process has taken time due to the tremendous amount of stakeholders offering input so ReadPop was supposed to take over the direction of E3 and make E3 something special. But apparently, they still need to answer to the ESA. How can so? How can we make E3 everything it's supposed to be, or how can Reed Pop make E3 everything it's supposed to be when they're still strangled by the ESA and stakeholders? <clears throat> yeah, because I was under the impression. ESA was going to let Repop do its thing. Like, here's the keys. Go ahead. They've had success, right? So, oh,
0: pa- Apparently, PAX has been fantastic from what I've always heard. Same.
1: So let successful people make decisions. Yep.
0: Like, do it. Well, one of the quotes in the article is, there's not a, there's not a good sense that there's an understanding what the show is going to be or how it will come together, which is strange from a company that does such an amazing job with PAX twice a year and those are the kind of words you do not want to hear no <laughs> like that's but that's continue- worse than just xbox playstation and nintendo won't be here in in my opinion
1: <laughs> yeah 100 um but to continue that quote it also said it seemed like they'd be perf the perfect shepherds for something like e3 so who knows where the issue is is it an esa issue is it a repop issue but there seems to be a lot of genuine interest from game publishers in the concept of E3. But it's really frustrating that we don't have good solutions. So is it a read pop or an ESA issue? I'm saying it's an ESA issue because yep. they are notorious for strangling the publishers and developers around E3. So yep. it is no surprise now that they're strangling read pop while they're trying to you know, support their goals and needs. Yep. You know what goal and need you have? The only thing you have is make E3 good again. That's it. Yep.
0: I could see there being some little issues from Pop in the sense of they don't understand the, maybe the business side as much of it since the PAX, PAX is more convention, like more public convention as far as I've been able to tell. So maybe there have been some publishers where they're like um we need to be able to conduct business how are we doing that and that's still being figured out if that makes sense so readpop isn't completely doesn't understand the notion of that as of yet maybe but like you said I'm I'm sure a lot of it most of it rests on the ESA because I'm sure they're not giving readpop a lot of options as to how to make sure that, the publishers can do what they need to do.
1: Yes, that could be an issue. I don't feel like that would be a very hard issue for them to figure out. Hey, how do we conduct business? (laughs) I mean, historically, you could look back at what E3 did before and take some notes from that and work something. I'm pretty sure Repop is smart enough to figure that out. Oh, yeah. So I like if that's the issue and Repop is uh, struggling with that. Okay, well, Repop shouldn't be working on this. So, like, but, if, yeah, if that's what they're struggling with,
0: yeah, they're they're also responsible for Star Wars Celebration, New York Comic Con, all these things. They they know how to run big shows.
1: That's what I'm saying. So
0: it just it just stinks that this like give the like you said give them the keys, let them do whatever the heck they want. I mean, yeah, you got to make some money, but some of it just speaks to, it's like, they're just probably greedy.
1: (laughs) It's something. And whatever it is, it's unnecessary. Yep.
0: What else feels unnecessary is how there are lots of live service games shutting down. And that sucks. Uh. Uh, Too specifically that uh, you've been maybe not necessarily fans fans of, but. You've enjoyed your time with Rumbleverse and Knockout City, and both of them are going away.
1: Yeah, Knockout City's dropping June 9th, unfortunately. Just found that out today. Rumbleverse is dropping It's very soon, isn't it? This month? February 28th, I think.
0: Yeah, and what's crazy is they're issuing full refunds for all of
1: it. Wow. As far as I've been able to see. yeah. Yeah, I didn't get to read the articles on them, but... Oh, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of knockout city. Knockout city was, uh, I remember you loved it. Oh, it was absolutely fantastic. And it, it was always fantastic. Uh, what's that coming in 2020? I think. So yeah, I think I mean, that was one of my top three games in 2020. So I think
0: it's 21, 21, 21. Was when it came
1: Thank out. You. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it was one of my top three games in 2021. Like it was, I love innovative, unique, styled stuff and yes the deathmatch idea is not unique but to pull it off with a dodgeball style game like kudos to you and making it work yeah, and but,
0: somehow have new stuff for seasons <laughs>
1: that's what i'm saying but oh my gosh uh apex legends mobile is going away that's big yeah um we are learning live service is hard very and so many developers are getting into it. Sony is dropping has 10 games. Yeah. 10, I think more, more than 10 that they have planned. We're starting to see. And even wonder.
0: Destiny 2 is having, is struggling. Is it? Yeah. It, numbers wise, they're, they're at the lowest they've ever been, from what I understand, for Destiny 2. Oh, that'll change once Life Ball comes out
1: that always happens. It'll
0: give it a, it'll get a bump, <laughs> but it's definitely hurt. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely hurting. A- sure. Apex Legends is struggling.
1: I think we are seeing the the rope for live service being pulled to its max to the point where it's about to break cuz I think what we're seeing right now is just the idea of live service has to be extremely specific to meet very specific needs. And I, and I think what we're seeing is developers go into it, at least what it feels like. I will say this is what it is, but it feels like developers are going into it with the idea. We don't want to sell a full priced game because this is the thing we want to make. And we want to get paid for doing this thing. If we make one single game, We can't do that. So let's make a live service game. But to do that is incredibly difficult to maintain. Every time, it's like I watch Restaurant Impossible on Food Network. And one of the things I love about that show is you kind of learn and see like the business of running a restaurant and just the simple idea of how to price your food. It's based on, uh, obviously, food cost, but also overhead. How much does it cost to just turn your building on and run stuff, right? Like, you have to factor that in. How much does it cost to turn your servers on and just (laughs) run the live service? You have to make that up every single season. It's like... It's the life of a content creator. You have to hit bang every single time. You got to make stuff that people want to see all the time. That's hard. Yep. Look at us. It's hard. You're <laughs> being honest. It is.
0: We so are here Some weeks, content. some weeks, there's no news. <laughs> some
1: weeks there's yeah. nothing to talk about. <laughs> so imagine trying to do that. For a video game where you have to develop that stuff, you got to pay the people, the artists are creating stuff, and you got to do that every single season. And if you and that's if you have actually done the work and put everything like front loaded some stuff, right? You know, you you've planned six months ahead, you know what you're going to do, so you can plan for stuff afterwards. If you are doing this a month ahead or right on schedule, you are effed like that. So, there, yeah, it's, the rope is being pulled too tight. Like, it, then you're competing with so many other live services that come out. And, you know, it draws people in, which draws people away from your game. If Knockout yep. City comes out. It's the thing. Rumbleverse comes out a few years later. Guess what? The people are playing Knockout City and try out Rumbleverse. It looks pretty cool. That means they're not playing your game, which means they're probably not buying stuff because they might be buying stuff in Rumbleverse. Yep. Like you're having this tug of war and then just destiny to exist. Right. Yep. So like, there's so many live services and it's like, how, how can people play all of them? Yep.
0: And it's a, it's a time thing. And especially because, and I wonder how much of some things where people saw this pandemic boost of everybody being stuck at home and all this kind of stuff. And they saw all these numbers and like, Oh, this is sustainable. Well, people went back to work. People got back to doing things that during the summer kids aren't stuck inside. Cause they're afraid about getting sick. They're back out in theme parks and all this other kind of stuff. Now it's it. You can't trust those numbers from 2020, 2021 anymore. It's a different day. It's a different age. And like you said, everybody's got a game out. You're competing with every, you're not just competing for dollars. You're competing for time. To get dollars, and if you can't keep people's attention, you're just not going to get those
1: dollars. No, you know why I'm not playing Knockout City. You know why? Why is that? Because I'm playing Overwatch Two. <laughs> yep. Live service game, right? You know yep. why I won't play Overwatch Two uh, in a few weeks? Because Lightfall. Exactly. Yep.
0: Right. Yeah, so, I like. Mean- in two weeks, I will be jumping into Call of Duty, which I jump in every once in a while, but I'll be playing the crap out of Call of Duty in two weeks because there's a new season.
1: Yeah. And there's a new season coming for, for Overwatch, and I'll play it uh, depending on how things go. I might not have to pay for it, but it, if I have to pay for it, I might wait. Why? Lightfall. Like fall. <laughs> I'm going to have to drop $40 on that, which I'm fine with, but that's money that went there and not to Overwatch. yep like that's that's how this works every dollar counts which if you're wondering that's probably why skins in so many different games cost the way they do yep because <laughs> to turn on the lights whew, your skin is like a plate of food yep you're paying for the cost of labor to make it the overhead uh you know, whatever whatever else that's factored into it like that and, and of course a little bit of profit like <laughs> that's yep that's the reality of the skins that you're buying in any <clears throat> single game like it is the plate of food in Restaurant Impossible.
0: Yep. We we work at we do a non profit business and uh, our our business raises money for other charities. But of course we get the comments all the time of oh but you get this stuff donated for free I'm like. I got to pay the person who's processing this and puts it on the shelf. And I got to pay for the lights and the building that this is in. And then I also cut checks to the local charities in the community who do all this work. And because they're helping people and giving away things, they don't have the time to make no money. Yeah. <laughs> it, it all has to get paid for from somewhere. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> It's such a hard thing to sustain. And so yep. it makes me wonder, who are the people who should be making live service games? Who, yep. what, what kind of games should be live service? Um, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, you're, you're not going to get your Fortnites, your Rainbow Six Sieges, your Valorants, uh, your League of Legends. I mean, shoot. Uh, 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 what's that Blizzard MOBA? Something of the storm, heroes of the storm. This is a decent game. Couldn't sustain. Yep. That's that's the thing. Like these games that are pretty, Rumble versus good, Knockout City is good. Like these are fantastic ideas, and yet their good idea isn't enough. What game could be a lot like this? Is uh, there's going to be a lot of eye opening moments? I think in the next five years about live yep. service and developers and publishers are going to start i i honestly when sony announced that they were going to make 10 live service games i was like that sounds terrible and mind you i wasn't necessarily like seeing the writing on the wall the way we're seeing it right now oh yeah it's it's scary now i was like 10 i'm like you're lucky if three are gonna hit yep like uh sony announced horizon's gonna Maybe not, sorry, sorry, Sony did not announce. Sony did not announce. There's a rumor that Horizon will have a multiplayer. They're working on a multiplayer for Horizon. For what? We,
0: we already know it's not a rumor. There's, it's confirmed now that there's an online oh, it project. It's confirmed. Okay. Yeah,
1: the, there's actually
0: devs from, they're saying they're part of an online project. They're working with NCSoft. It's okay. literally like an MMO.
1: Why? Why would you do that? Your audience is a single player audience. This, this is who you attracted when people are uh, done with.
0: Oh, uh-huh. I'm sorry. Uh, I was just going to say, honestly, they're trying to hit uh, the, if I had to guess, they're trying to hit the Chinese market.
1: Oh, that's interesting. Uh, okay. But still, oh, so, still, okay. if, if they're trying to hit the Chinese market, that's a, that is a different market. And so yeah. there could be satisfying a different need with that. And if that's yep. the case, then what I'm about to say probably doesn't apply but my my point is a horizon multiplayer with a single player audience that after they finished zero dawn they didn't say man i wish horizon had a multiplayer that would be fantastic no they said when's the next one <laughs> that's that's what they said they're not looking for a multiplayer so it's like who in the world uh, again yep. if they're making it for the the asian market okay that makes that that's fine i get that I can understand that because they probably haven't played horizon at all. So this is their horizon, this multiplayer yep. game,
0: which the other rumor is that they're doing a monster hunter style horizon game, which there's been actual stuff leaked for that, but that, that still actually kind of fits the whole single player horizon thing. If it's more it, monster yes. hunter. So it's, it does. it's, I would agree it's not that. as it, you can make a good story behind something like that. So,
1: I would agree with that. But if it's live service, ooh, that's scary. Yeah. The Last of so Us. Be... That will be a live service game. The Last of Us yep. multiplayer whatever,
0: game. Whatever this multiplayer factions yeah. two thing is. So,
1: But that's scary too because you yep. know how many people enjoyed The Last of Us multiplayer like the original one? Not a whole lot. And it was good. And that wasn't even a live service game. But that multiplayer yep. was good and not a lot of people enjoyed it. Why? Because that was a single player audience. Yep. So I'm like, why would you guys make a live service Last of Us game when your audience is a single-player audience? Obviously, some people are going to enjoy it, but I don't, I don't see that connection. Yep.
0: Try, trying, to chase the, trying to chase the dollars and trying to find something that sticks really more than anything. And like you said, it's, it is scary because y- you've got no guarantees with it.
1: None. It's like freelancing. <laughs> it's like every yep. season, you are hoping as people buy your stuff and that it's good.
0: Yep, and I mean, hopefully for their sake, they're able to figure out some. Of it. I guess the only the only good thing with some of it is with a lot of the with a lot of the studios they're owned by PlayStation. I'm not going to, and PlayStation is in one of the better spots of being able to try some of these things because they do have the single player stuff to fall back on compared to some places like ubisoft where all they did was jump oh we're just doing all free to play and gave up all of their single player playstation it doesn't feel like they've done that it feels like they have been when you say 10 live service yes that's scary but when i also hear oh we've got 25 plus games in development (laughs) that means that it it's there's plenty of it but it's not the whole picture
1: Right, they're not putting so all that the, they know what the works.
0: They know what works, and and they did make the smart choice again of of purchasing Bungie mm-hmm. and getting the right people behind it. So, but there's no guarantee in that that any of them will end up working. But eh, it'll be it'll be very interesting to see how some of these are, and I, I get the feeling some of them. The other big thing with any of these is budget. Uh, if it's got a small enough budget, then you don't have to worry as much about it.
1: And but that's the thing; <laughs> I'm not sure there's a such thing as a low budget live service game, like yeah. that can that can sus- be sustainable. Like yeah, it, and, and so
0: that, that's the question:
1: the resources needed to run a live service. I'm I'm not going to say it could bury Sony, but if it goes wrong, it's yeah those 25 games they got into development. I, it's going to make life harder.
0: Yep. Well, if they can keep things like God for Ragnarok selling 11 million copies, it does make it a little easier to take it a couple of chances. Absolutely. <laughs> and I think we all know that Spider-Man 2 is going to sell like stupid. <laughs> like yeah, that, that will probably be a system seller agreed. this year so. <laughs> It's, I wonder it's why Microsoft be is
1: like telling the coalition, "Hey, you're six guys." Yep. Same reason why Sony's like Spider-Man. <laughs> They're probably working on the next God of War right now. <laughs> like, oh, 11, yep. we can't pass this up again. Well, and we know Insomniac
0: is already working on Wolverine, and uh, that's mm-hmm. going to be another system seller. I, I get the feeling. As long as it's good
1: good. But it's I've, yeah, I, I've learned to. I've them. learned. To, yeah,
0: I've learned to trust that team. Like yeah, they. I, they very rarely. E- even when. Even when it's not mind blowing, it's still so good.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> like it, it's kind of like Marvel movies. Like even the bad ones, you you kind of enjoy.
1: <laughs> yeah, but well, except for you know Morbius, but
0: well, that was Sony, so. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, okay. That's true. That's true. Yeah, well. yeah.
0: doesn't count. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> all right. Is there anything else? That is. That is it for the news. That's been a lot of stuff going on. Whew. Both while no, I was out and back. I, honestly, I think all of that hit when I was back in town. So that's in the last couple of
1: days. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's it's been <laughs> it's been a lot. So. Yep. All right, so we're in well,
0: February, which is going to be a crazy month, right? Oh my gosh, it's going to be so All kinds busy. of stuff.
1: Yeah. So uh, if you want to hear me ramble more about anything video games, I started a Twitch stream for the, right. for the late-nighters called the Slumber Party. You find that on Gaming Trend on Twitch. So it's a slumber party. We chill. We hang out. Play a little games. Check out new games. Check out upcoming games. Talk news. That's what we do. Let's hang out. It's a slumber party. You should, you should, you should join the slumber party, David. Oh yeah,
0: I will yeah. have to do that sometime.
1: I realized that uh, we should probably do some Halo co-op. I was like, that's yeah. that's a slumber party right there. We do Rumbleverse, but you know. <laughs> uh, if we can do it before <laughs> February 28th, there you go. All
0: Pour right, one out, will... man.
1: Pour one out. <laughs> yeah, that was a good game too. Yeah. All right. That'll do it for us. Appreciate you listening. Appreciate you watching, however you did that. And we will talk to you next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. next week, next, next week, week. We'll here. And no, we'll be back too. So, Yes. there you go. All right, deuces. Peace.